Hello and welcome to the Empire of the Cop podcast. With us here today, we have Peter Kenny-Jones and regular Steve Carson. I'll be your host, Farrell Keeling, and we're going to be discussing a number of topics today, starting off with a 2-1 win at St Mary's Stadium to ensure that Liverpool keep in the title race. There's still the hope. There's one point separating us and league leaders, Manchester City, but Manchester City have the home advantage against Aston Villa. Uh, but we're going to kick off, of course, with Southampton to start with. Steve, I mean, nine changes made, you know, Klopp gambled, but the gamble paid off. And given the context of fatigue starting to set in, you know, we've got the two vital games, two two games that could potentially decide whether we end the season with two these three trophies or hopefully the historic four. Yeah, I mean, it just shows the depth that we've got to the squad. I mean, there was a... It's it's crazy. You're best off ignoring social media sometimes uh, when you're watching the game because you'll uh, you'll see people questioning Klopp's decision making, and, and you know we're too far gone now. There's you know we don't need to be questioning what Klopp, Klopp's doing week in week out. You know he was proven right to put in you know, these players, to put his faith in these players, and you know he said after the game, I think it, I think his line was that it's like having uh, some Ferraris in the garage, and you know the way that Minamino played, and obviously Firmino was excellent as well. And, you know, all the players that we haven't seen so much in, in recent months, like uh, Curtis Jones and Harvey Alec, outstanding. So, you know, it just really shows that that squad depth that we've got now, which, you know, we've not enjoyed, um, you know, certainly over the last decade, we've not enjoyed a squad depth this good. Um, it's one of the big reasons we're actually able to compete uh, with Manchester City at the minute. And we're, we're probably the only team that can compete with them in the league. And that is all down to squad depth and management recruitment. You know, it, it goes right down to the core of the club. Um, it was a great performance. Um, really good to see some of the, you know, B cast kind of getting their moment to shine. Uh, especially Taki, obviously, is a big reason. We've got uh, a domestic double already. Um, so it was nice to see him get a moment, uh, especially at a stadium where he found quite a bit of joy recently. No, Taki is an interesting one, and um, I'll, I'll get to that in more detail once we get to sort of the next uh, topic. But when you're sort of looking at the players, and rightly say, you know, squad depth has played such an important role um, this season. I mean, Klopp came out in his press post-match press and said it was a crime that Taki doesn't play in more games. But then you could sort of get in the position where, well, you know, you've got Salah, you've got Mane, Jota, um, you know, even Origi, like you, so many sort of quality options there. It's difficult for these players to get regular uh, game time. But when they do come on, you know, boy, do they contribute. Um, I, I mean, Pete, was this the kind of performance you were expecting? Because it almost felt like, you know, given the, the amount of changes made, you'd expect a massive drop off in quality, but it seemed that everyone was raring to go. There was cohesion on the pitch. You know, what, what did you make of that performance? Yeah, well, I think you know, similar to probably what Steve said, you know, you looked at social media and even like the, the reporters on Sky and everything, they're all saying, you know, oh, they, they were worried about what's going to happen and all that type of stuff. And obviously you wear a little bit when you when you see the team and there's nine changes, you know, that's always going to mean a drop off in quality. But I still felt that they were maybe underplaying him a bit. You know, that back five, you're confident with them playing in, in most games, so that we were more than capable. And then, obviously, we've got, if you've got Diogo Jotun and Bobby Firmino in the front three and what Minamino's done this season, obviously, there's a few changes in the middle, but again, they're all great players, and that's the, the point Klopp was making, wasn't it? You know, we have got an unbelievable squad, and it was probably a little bit of a worry. But as soon as they started playing, I think you just you just thought, oh, this is, look, this is Liverpool, isn't it? This is what we do, and... You know, I think Carragher said after the game, it, it reminded him of when we played our, our under-23s against Everton, still got the win. 
it was nowhere near as bad as that squad probably, but it's just that winning ethos that goes all the way through the club. You just you can see that, you know, the players we've got, that's the reason that we've won the, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. We've had maybe more favourable draws than we have done in a few years, but also our second string squad is, is so strong and you know, again you, you know, Origi came on, Oxley Chamberlain didn't get to play. You've still got those players on the bench for your second choice team, it just shows how good we are at the moment and it's that winning mentality and it just obviously runs through everyone and you know yeah, it, it was a big game but it, it didn't feel it it just felt like we were in control and we always seemed to even when we went behind it felt like we will still find our way back into this and you know that's just i think it's testament to obviously all the players but but mainly Jürgen Klopp for, for what he's done to all of those players that they have the same mentality whether they play one minute in the season or they play every game 61 games played so far um, having booked our place in Paris for the Champions League final, the Wolves game coming up, that will take the total to 63 games played. I mean, the stress in terms of fatigue on this Liverpool squad is absolutely immense. Um, but again, you know, key, key men popping up, playing their part. And again, Joel Matip with the big header in the second half to seal the three points for Liverpool. I mean, we're, you know, there, there was a bit of, I think it's absolutely atrocious defending, in fairness, on Southampton's part and it, you know, somehow loops the keeper. But I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pose this one to you, Steve, because I, I feel it, it's subject to a bit of ridicule. But then I, I do genuinely think Joel Matip is one, one of Liverpool's best players at this term. I mean, we know how undervalued defenders can be generally. It's, it's, it's the men who put in the goals that, that, that get the, the recognition. And obviously, Matip only has a few to his name. He's a centre-half, that's to be expected. Um, but is there a shout to be had, had there for him being a potential you know, player of the season contender? Yeah, um, the Redmen TV posed this question on, on Twitter a, a couple of days ago. Um, I think it might have been immediately after the game, uh, in fact. And yeah, they asked for your top three players that you'd put forward for, you know, um, player of the season for Liverpool. Understandably, Luis Diaz w- was up there as well. But, you know, he's been amazing for, for half a season. It's not his fault he came in January. So, I mean, he, he's sort of a, maybe a little bit out of discussion for me. Uh, I think next season he certainly could push on. But, I mean, that aside, the three players that, that I put forward uh, was uh, Mo Salah, um, Mo Salah, Alisson and Joel Matip. Um, I think Joel Matip is heavily underrated by everyone outside the club. I don't think they fully understand the, the calibre of player we're talking about. Um, people always look to Virgil van Dijk as, as, as the main man at the back for Liverpool. And, you know, that is, that is correct, but... Joel Matip this season has put in performances that arguably he's slightly outshone Virgil van Dijk. And that's absolutely not a bad thing. It's it's certainly not a comment on van Dijk. It is more of a comment on Matip. Um, but, you know, make no mistake, that that's two world-class centre-halves there. And then waiting in the wings, you've got another couple of world-class centre-halves. It's, it's a brilliant position for Liverpool to be in. I think um, Matip is really uh, a, a bit of a... Experts are something that we've seen Agger doing a number of years ago. Daniel Agger would pick up the ball in his own area and then somehow would march 40, 50 yards up the pitch and spray a pass out wide or, or one down the middle. And that sort of contribution uh, it can be invaluable at times. And he's chipped in with the Argola season as well. It's, it's, it's a miracle. I don't know what's gone on behind the scenes, but um, Joel seems to be able to avoid injuries at the minute, touch wood. Um, he's stringing together a fantastic season and I think he's definitely in the conversation. It's just, it's a bittersweet position to be in that you've got Mo Salah and Alisson as your teammates when those two players have put in 
you know, performances throughout the year that would put him in conversation with the uh, the Ballon d'Or, um, which obviously Sadio Mane would be up there as well. And it's just it's a great position for the Liverpool fans to be in that we don't really know who our best player of the year is because there's just been so many outstanding players. Whereas obviously in previous years, it's obviously been Gerard, it's obviously been Torres, it's obviously been Suarez. We've got a squad full of these players now, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Matip is definitely in my opinion, anyway, in the running uh, for that kind of accolade. He's certainly been an outstanding defender for us this year. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's definitely the beauty of this Liverpool squad. But then again, you know, we do have to also appreciate the players on the fringes. Prime amongst them, of course, being uh, that of Divock Origi. Uh, and we'll get to him momentarily. But I believe it is that time of the podcast. <laughs> Bates, if you would like to do the honours. Of course, thank you very much for handing over. And welcome back, everyone, to the peak quiz. I'm sure you're all very happy for, I think it's probably the fifth time we've done it now. And I, I'm just waiting for my phone to ring for my TV too for when this goes on the telly. But for now, it's just for you two. And we're going to go back to maybe one that you two have both played before and, and hopefully enjoyed. So this weekend, as you may know, is the final game of the season before the Champions League final. And obviously, Liverpool have won the European Cup six times, as you also may know. And each of those times, we played one game before it. Obviously, the whole season came before, but the game before was in 2019. The last time we won it was against Wolves. So as we're playing Wolves again, I thought I would look at the game before the Champions League final on the six times (laughs) that we've won it. So you'll get the home team and the away team. Obviously, Liverpool will get you one point. The other team gets you two points and you can pick from any of the years that we won the European Cup stroke Champions League and you've just got to pick the players, get your points. I'll give you two lives again um, and then obviously it's, it's up to you whatever year you want to pick. So I will do a coin toss and who wants to call? Final. Oh, I've got, uh, I'll, I'll go for heads then. <laughs> it is heads. You can either pick the year or you can pick to go first or second. What would you like? Um, I will pick. I'll pick the year. <laughs> okay, that's right. So obviously you've got seventy-seven, seventy-eight, eighty-one, eighty-four, two thousand and five, and two thousand and nineteen. I'm, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with two thousand and five. I was hoping you wouldn't play too bored and go two thousand nineteen. That's good. Okay. <laughs> so then, uh, state. Uh, you would. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay, well, then we'll hand it over to you. So, in 2005, Liverpool played at Anfield against Aston Villa on the 15th of May. It was obviously mm. in the Premier League, and it was, as we know, the last game of the season. What I will warn you is that Liverpool didn't have much to play for, and we're resting ahead of a trip to Istanbul. So, that's yeah. the clue I will give you as we go in. So, Steve, you are first. One point for a Liverpool player, two points for a Villa, and two lives. Over to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Villa I think Um, try and get one of the more difficult ones out of the way perhaps Um, actually no I'm not (laughs) I'm going to go with Liverpool Uh, I'm going to say um, I feel like Gibriel Cissé played. Gibriel Cissé started, correct. Yeah. 
So just a heads up, if your name is Sub, you don't lose a life, but you obviously don't get a point. But you will see Cyrus from the start. Farrell? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Villa. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm just trying to... I don't know if this is too... After I think Bon Lahore around at that time. Is that your answer, or are you asking me a question? That, that's my answer. <laughs> go, go. That is that is incorrect. Wrong Ooh. answer. You've lost a life. Not so good when you're on your own, are you? <laughs> no, no, I know. It's just, <laughs> the, the floors are one nil up. <laughs> hmm. Um. I don't remember us having particularly strong depth at left-back, so I'm going to say John Arnarisa. John Arnarisa did start. Correct. Well done. That's two for Steve. Farrell, your second guess. Just warn you, if you get it wrong, you are out. Well, this could be embarrassing, <laughs> couldn't it? Um, A lot of hard work to waste if you get this wrong. I know, I know, I know. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine... There must have been much much shifting in terms of the keeper. Uh, I'm 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 gonna, <laughs> I'm going to take a stab and and say, uh, Jer- yeah, Jersey Dudek. Wrong. But he was on the bench. Me? He was on the bench. You're not out. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jersey Dudek started on the bench. Steve. Um, I'm going to go a bit risky. Um. Since we just almost lost Farrell. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to go with Villa and I'm going to say Petrov. Saying Petrov is a wrong answer. Ah. Oh. Not a high score on this one so far. <laughs> Farrell, stays two ahead here. You just need one Villa player to draw a level. But if you get anything wrong, you are out. Oh, this is brutal, isn't it? Um I'm going to say... Oh, goodness me. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of our like, full-back cover at the time. Um, we're, we're... Steve Finham? On the bench. Still no point, but you are still alive. So, yeah, there's a lot right. of changes. Jimmy Traore. Yeah, Jimmy Traore is a wrong answer. Yeah. And you're out. Wolf, not even on the bench. No, I thought Jimmy would be there. You are out. So, Farrell, you've got one life left. You're two points behind. See if you can claw this back. All right. Um, Igor Biscan. Igor Biscan started. Correct. One point. Staying on you. Steve has been eliminated. <clears throat> Uh, I want to Milan Barros Milan Barros was on the bench no point (laughs) I'm trying to think oh my it's tense Uh, I'm trying to think Salif Salif Dow is a wrong answer Steve's (laughs) won what a game 2-1 what was that? So you could have had oh. 22, 30. After 33 points, you got three of them between you. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty runs. bad, isn't it? Do you want to, <laughs> it was, like, do you want to tell us? I'll run through the teams here because it was like, there was a lot of resting. 
Uh, so Liverpool's team was, and that you can pick any of these defenders. I don't know where they're playing. He's got Scott Carson in goal, uh, John Arnarisa, Maurizio Pellegrino, Hossamy, Jamie Carragher, and Stephen Warnock. I'm guessing maybe Risa was in midfield, but that's, that's how it's lined up there. Uh, the midfield then is Harry Kuehl, Xabi Alonso, Antonio Nunes, and Igor Biscam. And then up front, Gibril Cissé. Of the bench was Dudek, Finnan, Hippier, Haman, and Baros. And then for Villa, maybe it was him. Um, you probably could have got some of these Thomas Sodderson, and Ulysses de la Cruz, Mark Delaney, Martin Lawrenson, Gareth Barry, I thought you might have got Eric Jemba Jemba, Nobby Solano, Stephen Davis, Lee Hendry, Darius Vassell, Juan Pablo Angel. I think Villa was probably the way to go. And then Luke Moore, J. Lloyd Samuel, and Carton Cole came off the bench. So we had you. Uh, you didn't do very well, but it was a hard one. And I thought last game of the season might be good because there'll be a few rotations. But stay, you um, you are crowned the winner of this week's quiz. And um, yeah, thank you everyone playing along at home. And see you soon. <laughs> and that has been the peak. <laughs>
a lot more football and you know hopefully you know he can go win the league there next season with them and and get a few goals under his belt and, and prove to everyone that he's not a comical figure he's a, a really good footballer and we've no we, we will miss him and he definitely deserves the biggest send-off we can give him which probably will be at Anfield I'm guessing it'll be similar to what Juan Alden did when they give him a clap back onto the pitch and you know maybe something similar might happen with someone else who we don't know is going to go because I think the Wine Alden thing wasn't fully confirmed last season was it and he kind of got the clap so we'll see what happens but yeah for, for the Riga yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm happy I've ever got to see him play and what, what a guy he's just yeah lovable figure and he will be missed by everyone forever and I'm, I'm sure whenever he comes back in any colours he'll be clapped and, and welcome back forever I mean some appreciation from Anfield but certainly the absolute least uh, he deserves given his you know vital contributions over the years, we speak about it all the time, and of course, but that you know that magical comeback against Barcelona certainly sticks out in the memory. And of course, I mean, he scored in the Champions League final. I think it is maybe a fact that doesn't come up as much, um, you know, against Tottenham. Um, mass, massive, massive contributions from the Belgian. Uh, but I mean, Steve, he's, he's going to a top side uh, in AC Milan. They're top of the league currently by two points, uh, if my knowledge serves. Uh, they can confirm the Serie A title. Uh, in their final game of the season, um, I think the, a win will probably be necessary because uh, Inter's uh, goal difference is is quite superior, uh, as far as I remember. Um, but talk about you know the, the man himself. You know, I, I mean, what 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 does Origi mean to you, sort of specifically, and how do you sort of you know do, do you agree with Pete? Do you sort of feel that potentially Minamino can sort of fill that that slot, especially when we're looking, you know, you know, we're having five subs being brought in, so the Liverpool's depth can really come to the fore. Yeah, I mean, at Liverpool, Divock Origi uh, developed this uh, cult hero status, and I think for I think it works a little bit too well in that you know I think the opposition team might see him coming off the bench and think, oh God, is is this guy who scores ridiculous goals? You know, for no reason, he plays ten minutes and scores. This is what he does, and then he just it just writes itself from from there. I mean, that's not to discredit Origi's abilities, um, but you know, I mean, when we've when we've tried to play him thirty plus games in the season, uh, it's never worked out quite as well as the impact sub that he's that he's um, become over the years. You know, I think in terms of how Liverpool will cope without Origi, I think Pete's right in saying that. You know, Minamino could very well inherit that spot in the squad. Uh, whether he's happy with that and wants to maybe go somewhere else and get more game time, that remains to be seen. You know, there's obviously the potential that we could have a, you know, a Rian Brewster type situation if one of the young lads comes through and, you know, hits the ground running. You could get a few shots in the team, but we've got fantastic depth uh, at the minute. You know, we're not really struggling for goals. I, don't, I think that'd be fair to say. Uh, Arigi is part of that, uh, so hopefully, you know, if Jürgen can sit down with Taki and say, you know, next year you'll get your games plus Divox games if you stick around, I mean, I think that would be a, a great solution uh, for the squad. I'd like to see him get a send-off like Wijnaldum did, as Pete said. I think that would be, you know, necessary um, because of the, the role that he's played at the club. He's, you know, he's got that cult hero status that other players at the club have enjoyed and, and he's won so much more than some of these, you know, these players um, in, in the past. You know, he's, he's a, a genuine Anfield hero and that's how he'll be remembered at the club. And like Pete said, he'll come back with another team, maybe a Tasty Milan. It's looking likely. 
Um, and yeah, he'll be he'll be applauded onto the pitch. And no doubt the fans will sing his name. That might slow down if he scores against us, mind you. But the respect will always be there for Divock Origi. Um, going over to, to Milan, it seemed pretty certain that that's where he's going to go. I believe it's um, Fabrizio Romano who, who's been saying this. Uh, Sky Italian, effectively. So it's it's almost done. I think you could probably guarantee that's where he'll be next season. Makes sense. They've got two aging strikers in Giroud and Ibrahimovic. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense for them. Makes sense for Origi. He's good enough to be starting for one of the best teams in Europe. And that's what AC Milan are these days, uh, back where they belong at the top. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we might even see the Divock Origi that joined us uh, when he was only 19, 20 years of age. And he put in a few shifts on the, the left wing because um, the you know the depth up there for Milan isn't that great. He could, he could come in, give Liao a bit of a break on the left. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's a good move for everyone involved. And it's just a natural progression at this point for the Carigi's career. No, absolutely. We just had a comment come through on on, on old Divock. Uh, I heard Divock knew Everton were going down, so I thought there's no point in staying. Comes from Tommy Jones. Um, we'll certainly have to see what happens with that relegation battle at the bottom of the table. But I'm sure if Everton do stay up, they'll be glad to see the back of Divock Origi. But of course, every single Liverpool fan will be very, very sad to see him go. Um, but we may get a chance to see him on the final day of the season. We, we face Wolves at Anfield. It's a perfect send-off. You know, obviously, we have, we have to prioritise the result there because, you know, three points and a result on Villa's end could mean the title goes in our favour. And then that's our third piece of silverware sorted before we face Madrid in the Champions League final in May. Uh, Pete, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start you off here. I mean, what, what are you feeling about this, this tie? Because, I mean... If it was at Villa Park, you could almost sort of go, okay, this this could, you know, you know not not reasonably, but there's there's a good sort of chance here. You know, Stephen Gerrard, the aura of Stephen Gerrard, you know, this is a a big moment for him to sort of turn the title race in Liverpool's favour. Um, but I mean, it's going to be at the Etihad, um, and of course, we can't discount the fact that um, Aston Villa do, of course, play at Burnley today before they face uh, Manchester City on Sunday. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's your heart versus your head. I think that's what everyone's in at the moment. If you were a if you're a Hollywood script writer, we know what's gonna happen, don't we? You know, Gerard's gonna win the league title for us after, you know, he, the one trophy he didn't win and Coutinho, Danny Ings gonna have a part to play. Jack Greenish will miss a sitter and, and we've won. And you know what, it's unlikely, but if it happens, I've just called it. So then I look good, and if it doesn't happen, I'll be upset anyway, and who cares? So why not just predict that we are going to win the league? City are going to mess up, because it could happen. There's going to be so much pressure on that game, and you know what? Their holy foss is about going forward, scoring the first 20 minutes. Surely everyone knows that, and we always said everyone seems to lie down and just roll over for them. I think Villa possibly could put a good defence up. We had it at Anfield against them. They were hard to break down, and if they put 10 men behind the ball, try and get it maybe to half-time and just see what happens. So I, th- I think West Ham obviously showed last week that they do have frailties at the back and it's just, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, it's it's exciting because we can still win the league. We've got two games left this season. As you said, a quadruple still on. No matter what, you know, if, if Klopp's not taught us anything, it's just to think that anything can happen, the impossible can be achieved and uh, why not? Let's just get behind Villa and obviously we've got to do our own business. I think there's a lot of City fans who are saying, that we're being a bit too cocky that we've already beaten Wolves, which we haven't. And, you know, we needed Divock Origi to get us past Wolves earlier in the season. 
would be an easy game, but you know, goal difference doesn't matter. It's just about two results, and you know, as long as Villa do something and we do something, it could be one of the best days you'll ever see at Anfield. So let's just anticipate that and hope it happens. No, absolutely well said. It's it's been backed up uh, by Darren as well in the comments. Whatever happens, it's been an incredible campaign, and I'm thoroughly uh, enjoying. It. I, I mean, Steve, we've been absolutely spoiled. You know, we've already won the two domestic cups. Um, we could potentially win at least a treble if we do win in Paris. So, I mean, that that's that in itself. You would have you you would have shaken for that. I think for for those three trophies. I mean, ob- obviously now that we're here and we're presented with you know a potential slice of history in the form of the quadruple. Uh, I mean, you, it, it's worth it's worth playing for. I, I think the thing that certainly, perhaps in our favour, is the fact that Aston Villa just need a result of any kind. A draw will do, provided that Liverpool can can go and, and beat Wolves at Anfield. Um, is that in mind? Are, are you thinking impossible, possible? Where, where do you sort of stand uh, in a divide? You've got to listen to Jurgen Klopp. It's it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible. It's it's what the club's shown over the years. I mean, ultimately the fate. You know, it's not in our hands. We have to just do our job. We have to go win our games, and then it's up to, you know, it's up to Man City to to slip up. And they've shown this season that they're not unflappable. You know, they've had games where it looked all but done, and you know they got undone. Um, they got knocked out of Champions League in a similar manner. Now, obviously, you can't compare the quality of Real Madrid to to Aston Villa. That goes without saying. But you know, Aston Villa on a weak side. Pete said before, um, you know, they were quite difficult to break down for for even us. And you know, you've got to you've got to think if 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 they can cause a problem to us, they can cause a problem to City. And you know, I, I go into the game with a little bit of op- well, going to all of the last few games with a bit of optimism, but. I mean, as Daryl put it there on, on the Facebook comments, it, it's it's a fantastic season, regardless of what happens um, at Man City. Um, if 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 we go down to you know last game of the season and you know it goes City's way, at the end of the day, this team has carved out a title race from a position where no other team would have been able to claw back quite as many points as we did. Jurgen Klopp has made this title race. City were running away with it. And it's now at a point where final day of the season, we could snatch the title away from Man City and it would be it would be beautiful. Like Pete said there, if you're a Hollywood script writer, you know what's going to happen. You'd, you'd probably even you know bank on Gerrard substituting himself once, take the winning penalty in the 90th minute. I wouldn't put it past the, him being that. That's what he wants to do. He's probably dreaming about this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you've got to approach it with a bit of optimism. We do our jobs. We win our games. You know, we win our remaining games. It's the minimum of a treble, which includes the Champions League, the FA Cup, the League Cup. It's an unbelievable season, no matter what happens. And that send-off at Anfield before the lads go to Paris, that's what it's all about. We'll have done our job. The lads have made us proud, no matter what. And, you know, we've already got a double alone at the FA Cup and the League Cup is, is sensational. Add the Champions League to it, delirious, you know, make it a potential quadruple. And it's, it's, it's you know, never seen before stuff it's just incredible that we're even having this conversation when you know 10 years ago you know we're having completely different discussions about you know potentially could we drop into the bottom 10 here you know it's it's just incredible what's happened and you know we are just you know it's a great time to be a red as everyone keeps saying (laughs) it's a completely different you know stratosphere we're operating and you know at, at the moment you know it's 
I think it, it does get lost in the fact that, you know, I think the, the idea that there's any the notion this would be a disappointing season if we don't clinch the quadruple is, you know, understandable as much as it is ridiculous. Um, because you, 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 if anyone offered you a treble of the domestic cups in the Champions League or domestic cups in the Premier League, you'd bite the hand off, uh, you know, to have that level of success in one season. Um it is absolutely tremendous, you know, for, for any club, even for a club like Liverpool that's used to winning um, uh, trophies, silverware all the time. Um, I mean, as it's come to that part of the conversation, I'm, I'm not going to jinx things by talking about the scoreline um, at at City. I think we all know what scoreline we'd like to see, um, but I'll, I'm going to focus purely on Liverpool in the upcoming game against Wolves because ultimately, you know, this could all fall flat on its face if we don't get the three points, and we will need the three points. Um, so, Pete, I'm going to kick you off. Our bastion of positivity. What scoreline do you see? One nil Wolves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I think we had similar to the of the year, where obviously we just had to, to win and wait on on City, and you know I don't expect us to blow them away in a sense. I think it's just about getting the job done. So I know I normally go the fives and the sixes, but I think it could be like two three nil in the sense that we you know we just need to get our job done. There's no goal difference, there's a finals I think about next week, there's probably people coming off, we don't know whether they're like Fabinho, Van Dijk, Salah if they're fit enough to start or if they're going to come off the bench, I think it's going to be maybe another bit of a chain squad and the last two games obviously we've had the, the 2-1 wins in the league, I think it's going to be similar to that but I'll, I'll try and stay positive and say um, we'll win 3-0 which is really conservative for me but I just think that we'll, um, we'll get the win, we'll just get the job done, it's not as I say it's not about showboating or anything and with Another game to come that is of of massive consequences on it. I think you know it's the only way that I think Sunday goes bad is if we don't do our job and we could have done it. That's the only thing that can that can make it go badly. So I think that everyone's going to be thoroughly professional and yeah, maybe dip off the bench, get the get the third it near the end, the cop end. I think that'd be the uh, the perfect end for the season in in the Premier League, and then yeah, we'll all start packing our bags for Paris and, and see up see where the season takes us. No, absolutely. Well said. I'm, I'm a bit surprised you're not comfortable figures there, but we'll take a 3 1 victory. Three points, you know, goal difference ultimately doesn't matter at this stage in time. You know, when it, I, I can't reasonably see us beating Wolves, you know, by 10 or so goals. Uh, I mean, Steve, where, where do you stand on this? Do you reckon it's going to be a, a bit of a tight one? You know, I think Pete mentioned earlier in the podcast, obviously, you know, that they gave us a very good game. Ariki had to come on and save us again. You know, do you see sort of a, a similar sort of situation here or. Can we can we blow them away? I think there's going to be an element uh, that you know the neutrals aren't going to like, but I think the power of Anfield is going to be something here. I mean, we've just won the FA Cup; it's going to be rocking for that. Potentially, the title on the line; it's going to be rocking for that. Champions League on the horizon; going to be rocking for that. I mean, we might not see it, you know an atmosphere at Anfield like this. We might not have seen it for for quite some time. I mean, the atmosphere this season's been amazing, but. I think there could be a new level uh, this time. Um, it, it all is all down to Wolves. Liverpool are going to put in a 10 out of 10 performance. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. The confidence riding after winning the FA Cup, you know, the, the confidence going into the uh, the Champions League final, you know, it's this team's going to be feeling fantastic. And, you know, the, the, the fans are going to be right up for it. Um, <laughs> they're going to want to send the team off uh, to Paris in good spirits. You know, there's going to be that, obviously, at the end of the game. They're going to do a lap around the pitch, you know, as as, as is tradition. So, 
I think just all these things is just, you know, we're still fighting for something. It's just, it's not going to be a straightforward game. Wolves are a good outfit. There's no denying that. But um, I, I don't see a, a tight 2-1. Um, but I don't really see us blowing them away. Like you say, Fred, I don't really see it being like a big score for us. I think it's going to be a confident and sort of professional 3-1 uh, win to Liverpool. But I can see us dominating large portions of the game. Maybe just letting our maybe just letting it slip for 10 minutes and then Wolves will have that potency to get a goal and punish us a little bit, maybe, you know, scare us a little bit. But I think it's going to be a great occasion for the lads and, you know, we're going to finish the season strong. Certainly so, certainly so. I, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm a too much. I, I think it'll be tight, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it'll be tight purely because of, uh, you know, that late sort of consolation goal from Wolves and a 2-1 finish. I think I'm probably more leaning towards that uh, when I was initially sort of standing, I think it's your positivity. It's, it's all rubbing off on me. Um, but yeah, I mean, three points is the objective, no matter how it happens, whether it's a, a 90 minute Divokarigi winner or blowing the walls away to the tune of four or five goals. We will take whatever. Three points is needed and then praying for a result from Aston Villa and Steven Gerrard's men side. I mean, what better way to finish the season and have that lap of honour knowing that you are Premier League champions going into the Champions League final in Paris at the end of May. I personally can think of a better way to end the season or a better way to end this podcast. This has been Steve Carson, Peter Kenny-Jones. I've been your host, Barrel Keeling. Take care.